Yes, hi, hey, hello, g'day and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. This week we review the continuing curse of Amy Park. We definitely, definitely don't talk about Sean Evans. We look ahead to Adelaide on Saturday and of course we answer your questions. I'm Pete and I'm joined by Luke and Moz. Fellas, how are we? How are we doing? Hey, lad. We're being weird because we usually have like a sting music and we wait and after it's over <laughs> we, we speak. We, we all just went, fell silent there. We are coming <laughs> to you live from multiple states across the nation. The Interstate Love Pod, as it has been termed or coined uh, previously over the last couple of weeks. Of course, Boise is in Adelaide. I have just arrived in Adelaide myself after a three-day drive across from Melbourne. And uh, Moz, you're somewhere pretty exotic yourself. Yeah, boring. My spare bedroom. <laughs> in the rain. Had to lock the dog out. <laughs> yeah, Pete, I think we've uh, I think we've got away at the right bloody time this week because apparently the weather back home has been pretty shit. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and it started storming yeah. up the day after we left and uh, it's been it's been absolutely sensational. It's about 30 degrees it's down in Adelaide at the moment. Beautiful in Melbourne and Adelaide. So good time to get away. I have the yeah. Narara River running down my street at the moment. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're in a good spot. And I, yes, yes, FOMO and jealousy. <laughs> on, to, well, you're, on to the next one. We'll get you on the next one. Absolutely. You're doing the next Melbourne to Adelaide road trip with us, 100%. Thousand no percent. No choice in the matter. Let's dive right into it with Fred's question. Fred this week asks, if you're in charge of the referees, what would be the first thing that you would change? Luke, over to you first. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're just going to dive straight into it, are we? Straight into it. First thing I would change. All right, I'll, I'll keep it simple. Um, sanctions or suspensions for referees that uh, make mistakes like we saw and have them announced like you would a player. Oh, like quite a lot. Not bad. Boz. I would terminate the failed system that is VAR and uh, write to FIFA and explain to them that when you have the crappy broadcaster technology that we have, it's not possible to see anything, including the game, clearly and obviously. So therefore, it's impossible to run any system that is supposed to sort rubbish referees um, and uh, thus clean up our act a little and get us back to the old fashioned way. I didn't see that coming from you at all. Uh, oh, no, bet. <laughs> no, surprise, really, isn't it? My, my age is coming through there loud and clear. I can see you trying to restrain yourself through my phone. <laughs> Moz throwing hands here. <laughs> I think he might have muted himself in the progress there. <laughs> it could be about a 20-minute rant, I think, if we let him go. Oh, it could be. It could be. We won't dive too far into it yet. Um but we will examine it a little more closely as the show goes on, of course. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Look at this. Look at this. Look at it. 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 Over to reviewing the rounds that were, of course, we had two in a row down in Melbourne, down at Amy Park. Of course, it hasn't been a happy hunting ground for us over the years and uh, we travelled there firstly on Saturday night, myself and, and you were there, Boise, uh, along with Josh Howe as well, who couldn't join us on the show today. Um, the more the game went on, the more confident I was that we would get something out of this. And it's, this this sounds like exactly what I said two weeks ago about the cup final as well. It did finish 1-0 in favour of the Vuk Nishan Villapile, scoring in the 94th minute. The pain continues at Amy Park. I, d- I don't know what we have done to deserve uh, the sorts of results that we have been getting there. But, well, maybe it's just not play good enough for football. Maybe that's what we've done. Maybe that's what we've done. So it might be as uh, simple as that. But, yeah, I'm with you, Pete. I, I think the longer that game went on, uh, it felt like we would get some sort of a result. I, I, you know, we played okay. It wasn't anything special. The game itself probably went just about as I expected it, um, but I thought it was it was it was slightly improved on the cup final performance. Mm. Um, but again, 
like we spoke about last week, those these little moments uh, where we have these lapses in concentration uh-huh. um, that are costing us very important points that are important stage of the season. And again, it comes down to you know Chris Economides making the difference with the ball in, and you know Nishan Valupale has been you know probably their best young player uh, all season. You know he's he's the one that attacks the ball in the box and they go home with the three points and we go home with nothing. And that's what the difference is at the end of the day. We, we, we need to learn that, you know, the game goes for 90 plus whatever extra time there is, not <laughs> bloody 85 minutes or whatever we sort of have been playing the last sort of few games. So mm. we're, we're learning the hard way. Definitely. I would agree with just about all of that. I did, I didn't think our game plan was too terrible and we started a little shakily with it, but but uh, over time, I felt that we grew into that. We had a clear objective to not let them play out comfortably and, and we channeled them towards the place that we felt that that would be hardest for them. Um, and I thought we did, as the game went on, we did a good job of that. Um, but I can't help feeling that at the end, we were trying to get the point because that's probably the logical thing to do. And it also could be that um, COVID impacts on the ability of the players to be able to see out the 90 minutes and so forth. And um, we kind of lost our stability at a key time and they just had the quality to capitalise on that and they did it. And, um, yeah, it was very hard to watch, but it, it, it is what it is. Um, so I can't even blame Monty for that tactical switch that I felt maybe wasn't timed well. Um, or that that last minute um, switch, because uh, for all we know, he's dealing with a player who's already redlining for COVID reasons and stuff. So very hard at the moment. The one thing I'd say about the sort of history there in those matches is that um, I don't, I didn't really include um, the worldly special that was at Central Coast Stadium in our, you know, failings. Because if those guys can score like that in those moments, then yeah, that, that is what it is. Um, but the other two absolutely lapses of concentration in the end cost us big time. And um, and I don't think we're really comfortable on Amy Park. Um, doesn't do, you think the, do you think the hoodoos, you know, got, got um, gotten on top of the boys mentally there? It sounds, silly to say, it sounds silly to say, but the fact that we've never won a game mentally. there against, against victory, <laughs> it's killing me <laughs> mentally, that's for sure. I'm cooked mentally because of it. I don't know if it is, then I admire the way that they have fought that because they haven't backed down. Um, you know, there, there were good moments in all of those um, games and um, we, we didn't look like a team that was rabbits in the headlight. You know, we looked like a team that had uh, settled on that and just um, were playing our game. We just weren't good enough to do it for the full 90. I suppose we should probably talk about it. Tuesday night, once again, Amy Park, Melbourne City this time. Fuck. <laughs> what? Where do we begin? I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. We'll, 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 begin, we'll begin with a positive. We'll begin with your favourite Frenchman, Luke, Benny Ancololo. Oh. Uh, 20 yards out, nestles nicely into the bottom corner. Not bad. Not a bad way to what I thought was going to wrap up the first half. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy for Benny because he's absolutely been copying it the last probably two or three weeks on the Facebook, on the Twitter, on the on the forum, wherever you want to look, uh, he's been copying it. And you know, maybe some of that rightly so. Some of it, I, I think, is a little bit harsh. But um, I mean, not probably not one of the goals of the season, but a very bloody good goal. Like, the ball over the top from Coral, the first touch, the gets around Nuno Ray, gets around Curtis Good, who, who have been two really good uh, defenders for Melbourne City all season. And then to put in that sort of finish as well. I mean, how good? How good for him? And I think the perfect moment for him to show, uh, you know, what he can do. Um, and I, I think that's, that's what I saw in the first sort of couple of games of the season when he was in the starting lineup, and so I'm very happy for him that um, you know he he could probably prove it to himself a little bit that he can do it in this league, and hopefully he's uh, maybe put a few doubters on on the back foot. 
for now. Yeah, total total agreement, really. Um, I'm in the camp with you, Luke, that um, Benny, there's something there. Um, okay, so with the right foot that he used to score this goal, he didn't score the goal we wanted him to in the FFA Cup final. But I, I believe that when he's on the pitch, he creates an outlet for us that we don't have when he's not and gets himself in spaces. And he's one of those players who instead of just, you know, receiving the ball and punching it off to somebody else, he looks up, possesses it, often dribbles it forward, bringing the rest of the team forward. So so I like his presence in the team. And like you, I feel that um, he some of the criticism has been a little bit more than I think um, he deserved. Um, notwithstanding that, um, Glover, I think, probably should have made a better effort. Um, <laughs> but, but that might have been the speed of the shot. Um, the bring down was fantastic. The dribble was fantastic. The little feint that gets him around the last player was fantastic. And then a great finish with the wrong foot. So, you know, that to me um, is the sign of a player who's improving. And um, yeah, I want him to be a part of it. And you said it, you hit the nail on the head. For me, he, I hope silenced a few of those doubters. He's sort of been in and out of the team all season, hasn't he? So I think it's maybe a good thing for us if we have someone who's maybe become more of a, a bench option who started because of the short turnaround that we had going into the last game. So it, I think the boys all got around him as well. So that was good to see. And it was all looking very good. And then it was, it was, was he, did he Did he run right. over to the uh, to the away bay pumping the badge as well, Benny, when he scored that? He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. I saw on the highlight, actually, Dan Hall sort of, grabbed him and then sort of poorly pointed towards us. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then Benny looked and then he did the old grab the badge and, yeah. So Dan I, Hall, the I hype man. Oh, it continues. Hall, Dan Hall, the best hype man in existence, 100%. <laughs> well, you know, one of the best centre-backs in existence as far as I'm concerned as well. Is there anything he can't do? Um, no. We did see him struggling with, um, you know, shooting shooting in that netball hoop the other week. But uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> let that slide. It can, be bad. it can be bad at one thing. That's okay. Yep. That's all right. <laughs> oh, that was supreme bad though. <laughs> uh, maybe he was just laying it on thick to make Steely and, and Sy feel better. Benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, let's talk about it. Sean Evans, number one. 45 plus seven minutes this goal went in, 52 minutes after it. How long was the VAR review? Five minutes, six minutes in the end? Five rolls, yeah. challenge outside the area on Marco Tilio. Sean Evans, in his infinite wisdom, decides to point straight to the spot. VAR does the right thing and calls him back, saying, you've made a mistake here. Sean Evans stares at the screen for all of six minutes and goes, oh, I haven't. Discuss. Yeah. I, I actually uh, heard that Sean Evans thought that Benny Ancalolo's goal was a really good shot from inside the box. <laughs> um <laughs> In the in a post game interview that he did, he actually said that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't even know where do where do we start? Where where do we start? Uh, it, it's it's such a long conversation, which we're going to try and keep short uh, here today. But it just comes down to the ego of a referee, the system of the VAR, how it's implemented. Uh, and a referee not wanting to backtrack on his initial decision to, to, you know, for a fear of really sort of looking silly. That's, that's the only way that I can interpret what he's managed to come up with. Because there's, I don't know how many people are in the world right now, about 6 billion or something. He was apparently the only person that thought that was inside the box. Or should have been a penalty. So, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. The guy just absolutely cooked the entire game and two two crucial moments. Um, and like I said to Fred's question, I'm I'm all in favour of referees being punished in some way when when they do this because it's obviously change the game completely um, and to to have two two decisions that were so clear to everybody else um, and to still get them wrong he needs to be punished and it should be made public that he has been punished 
one thing I did see on Twitter um, in the in the sort of wash up of that post match uh, that is still dragging on uh, two days later was Matthew Breeze, of course, former Australian FIFA referee, um, saying that journalists and, and past journalists need to be protecting referees when these sorts of decisions happen. I this this baffles me because these are the sorts of decisions that can cost coaches their careers. These are the sorts of decisions that can cost players their careers. In in overseas leagues, they can cause clubs to get relegated. Uh, that sort of statement absolutely baffles me. Yeah, he actually followed me on Twitter, so I really hope he doesn't go back to my tweets for when <laughs> for when he was refereeing because he <laughs> may get a rich job. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I don't really don't really understand that. I referees they can be criticised and they should be criticised. They're supposedly professionals. There's a, there's a huge difference, I think, between you know your local park uh, football and your referees and abusing them and things that happen at local grounds. And we know that that's a huge issue. Local, you know, we know on the coast there's next to no referees. Mm. There's almost not enough referee games where you know you're having someone you know from the from the club having to ref because there's not enough because they don't want to ref. They get a big issue, I think, to what is in the professional game. Usually, different professional game. I think they should be protected by journalists. I, I, I don't understand that. They they should be pretty. They should be criticised, and they also and they also should be praised when they get it right. Moz. Journalists should report the facts, and the facts are that the referee failed um, multiple times, and not just in this match either, but particularly in this match, of course. I've got a little bit of a space for the idea that um, the referees are sometimes let down a bit and uh, that they have been, um, I'm going to call it brainwashed into a new way of refereeing courtesy of the system that we have to try and help them. And, and I don't think that helps them um, because it, it influences the way that they go about their business. So, but yeah, I mean, for me, it started with the timeline. We were 15 seconds after the two minutes, and I know it's a minimum of two minutes of injury time or whatever is called, but we're 15 seconds over 47 before we make the decision. We are making a smart decision, according to the commentary, and the smart decision is that even though I reckon Evans felt that the contact initially was outside the box when he blew the whistle, um, he blew a pen because he knew that the system would try to support him. And how did that go? Not so good. Um, it's pretty obvious that, you know, the challenge that mattered was outside the box, the first challenge, the significant challenge, whatever you want to call it. We did have to listen to the radio tell us for about the full five minutes that he writes the challenge first. It's in the box. It's in the box. If I had to hear Kiss Norbo one more time, honestly, I would have smashed my TV, I think. Um but, yeah, the first contact for me was always the one. The, uh, the rest was incidental. Kai gets dragged into the box a little bit by the momentum of Tilio, to be honest. So, But, yeah, it was a full five minutes later that we finally got a, a goal um, had been scored and, we, and uh, they celebrated what they got. Um, bizarrely, we then kicked off again, even though we must have been about half an hour overtime. Um, but, yeah, I, it, it, it's hard to fathom... Um, while everybody else on the planet, possibly extraterrestrials, um, see it outside the box that he can't. So um, how? Hmm. I'll leave that open. And some people have got some pretty wild interpretations of that, not mine. Um, but uh, incompetence there does spring to mind and a system that's failing him also. Well, let's move ahead because we do have a bit more to unpack from that match, of course. Uh, in the second half, Florin Berenguer put them ahead in the 57th minute. I mean, it was a pretty tidy goal. That was quality. Pretty tidy goal. And I, I think he's he's been someone, I think I mentioned this last week too, that he's, I think he's been to City for maybe maybe three seasons now, maybe even four. I feel like he's been there for a while. And he's, he's I feel like he's been someone that's made a bit of an impact, but um, nothing, nothing, too crazy, but I feel like the last sort of eighteen months or so, he's 
made a huge impact on that city side. I feel and like this was, season, yeah, he's 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 gone up levels. Really, yeah, really started to come into it, and that was that was a very tidy goal. Uh, you know, a few things maybe defensively that we could have obviously done better, but there's when you've got that sort of quality there in the final third, um, some sometimes you just have to say, well, that was probably too good. Yeah, of course, um, our fearless skipper, Oli Bazanek, in the 65th minute. Uh, good ball in from Fazvis as well. Um, decent little decent little patch to, to turn him around and uh, Oli yeah. sneaking in at the back stick to, to really rifle that one home. In in real time, I thought that was offside. I thought Boz was just offside. That's what we thought in yeah. Bay in the highway at the ground. Not, not the best angle, to be fair, at the other end of the pitch. But I, with the way that the night was going, I was pretty sure that that was going to be turned around. But I'm glad it wasn't. Um, as you mentioned, Pete, great ball by Faz and Boz sneaking in at the back post to uh, smash it into the roof of the net to get us back level. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks like from from everything that I've seen and when, when I saw it live, I thought Boz was behind the ball when it was played in, and it looks like Jenkinson, the closest defender to Faz there might have just been playing him on, but impossible to tell with the angles um, that we had there as well, which is another conversation entirely. Um, when you're using the $30 JB Hi-Fi camera, yeah, <laughs> uh, get a good angle. I'm not, so, I'm not even sure they went uh, to JB Hi-Fi. I think they got it from Aldi Special Buys, to be fair. But, um, yeah, that's fair. It's the key point there, though, that you can't see anything obvious when you use that technology, and yet we have a standard that uh, clear and obvious. Um, that's the key point for me. Mm, yeah, mm. So you're right. I think I think I said this last week too that you know, obviously going forward, Lewis Miller has provided a fair bit this season, and probably Farrell's been more. Uh, it's more been his defensive work that's sort of been impressive, and I sort of wanted a little bit more from him going forward. That's Spot on. That's exactly what we need from him. I would say that Lewis and uh, and uh, Jacob, though, they really um, stopped Naboot and Lecky from really providing much. Um, and uh, that's fantastic to see those young boys, you know, really knocking about the form of, um, of class players and uh, big players. So, Agreed. You love to see it. Uh, it was Marco Tilio, and I tell you, Marco Tilio haunts my dreams ever since the old uh, the old wide league days down at Plume Park when he bagged a hattie against us for Sydney FC. The bloke oh, we can burned play. Him. Oh, the kid can play. Yeah. Oh, and we burned him over the sideline, and then he gave it to us as well. <laughs> that was not a fun day. <laughs> we were sitting was... in the goose's stand with our hats pulled down. I reckon. <laughs> I think it was like thirty something degrees that day as well. I had to move kickoff forward by like two hours because it was so hot um anyway stories for another time um and of course uh sean evans in the 92nd minute sealing the win for melbourne city uh with a not a goal for melbourne city but a non-penalty award for the mariners lewis miller getting absolutely belted by matthew lecky um and somehow somehow once again goes to var of course var making the correct decision Sean Evans doing what Sean Evans does. This is almost like the first one. I, I almost like can't find the words to, to explain how he's managed to come up with what he did. I mean, I think I saw maybe Mick Komet, shout out to Mick. I think he, he said this the other day somewhere that Marco Urenia got a red card last season or the season before for what like he did to Miller. A straight red on a VAR yeah. review. On a VAR, yeah. And, and that VAR review on Tuesday is somehow not even a penalty. I didn't even care if he didn't get a card. I just thought, on what planet is that not a penalty? And you can see from Leckie's reaction, he knew straight away. He gave it away. Oh, absolutely. He was, he was the guiltiest man in the country, uh, <laughs> you know, the five seconds after he did it. And, yeah, again, it goes back to my first point, you know, like about the first one. It just really goes back to uh, a egotistical referee not wanting to uh, not wanting to look too silly on his initial decision. And there's you know there's there's been plenty of discussions over the last sort of few days since the incident. And you know I I would be in favour of having VAR 
operate maybe not exactly the same, but similar to how it does in the cricket, where the person who is in the box makes the final call uh, if it's an obvious error. And that's what VAR is there for, to fix the obvious errors. And there was two obvious errors on Tuesday night, and neither of them were fixed. So, you know, it can go either way where you might have a ref in the box that misses an obvious error, but the whole system, and I'm sure Moz will probably uh, march onto the back of this, but the entire system at the moment is not working because the clear and obvious is still not being fixed. It's it's clearly a pen, um, but we've got all of these little bizarre rules like clear and obvious and stuff. And um, just a few corrections. There seems to be this theory on social media that there are angles there. From my um, repeated uh, watching of this rubbish, then there were two angles only, and neither of those was a conclusive angle because neither of those showed, um, you know, actual contact. Both of them showed from perpendicular to the encounter, if you like. So there was never a shot that was between them to actually confirm that the reason that Leckie's on his toe there is because he's got his heel on Lewis's foot. The only way we can know that is Lewis showing off his foot afterwards and then there's the moon boot and all the rumour and all of that stuff. So, I mean, I don't think we can doubt that it happened, but but the technology is just an incredible letdown. We're watching it in, um, you know, similar uh, 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 quality to what we used to watch in the 80s on our TVs, um, and somehow we're supposed to be able to find these things. And so the ref screws this up on the night by double whammying the rubbish um, options by refusing to use the rubbish options to their fullest extent by deciding that somehow he's not going to see that the heel clearly does come in contact, grainy as the image is, wrong angle as the image is, etc. Lewis might have a history, all of that stuff. If, if that's though part of the decision-making process, then I give up because that's, that, that's, that's, yeah, up there with the most disgraceful decisions I've seen ever. And uh, on top of that, there's a, there's a little bit of a pattern there that um, uh, Evans, over a long period of time, but not the only one, because I think Ams and um, Stephen Lucas and even uh, Fielding, Adam Fielding, get a look in in the, um, these stakes. Um, there's just a long history of them seeing stuff that sometimes doesn't exist and not seeing stuff that does. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to rant on any more about it other than to say that we're not capable of um, uh, supporting the referees with the assistance system. We should give it up. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Let's look ahead to the upcoming rounds, of course, this Saturday uh, down here in Adelaide. Cooper Stadium is the venue uh, as we take on Adelaide United. Pride game. Uh, this one is being put on by Adelaide as well. A very good initiative by the club. Absolutely encourage everyone to get around it, whether they're back at home on the Central Coast or down here in Adelaide with us. Um, absolutely brilliant by Adelaide United there. Fellas, how are we feeling about this one? I'd feel better if Mork wasn't playing. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying? I'd feel much better. I think it's his last game. It is. The it's narrative has already been set. It is. It's already there. We know... <laughs> Is I could M's the ref because I'm starting to get some deja vu. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a funny one. I, I felt like felt like in the city game, you know, we we made we made mistakes. Don't get me wrong, but I thought thought for the most part we we matched it with them. Um, you know, just about for the majority of the way. You know, there were times when they were playing through the midfield. And they looked very smooth and silky, and you could see their quality. But I, I thought at the end of the day, um, those two decisions go our way, and we we at least get one point out of the game. Um, you know, you've got unfortunately for Dan Hall makes a mistake in the lead up to the Tilio goal, I believe it was a little bit of a hospital pass to Bazanic, and you know we don't see that very often from him. You know, if if you know if he doesn't do that, maybe. We, Maybe we walk away with a point or more if the decision sort of as well start to go our way. So I, I think for us at the moment, it's a bit more of a mental thing. Um, you know, have have the results recently at the way we've ended these games started to get into our head? Has the, has the refereeing and sort of the fallout from Tuesday night 
uh, you know, sort of had an impact. I think it's a big, it's a big test for Monty uh, and for Sergio. How do they, how do they lift the boys back up mentally um, after the last few results and what happened on Tuesday? And we know that the boys, they were supposed to fly home uh, Wednesday, but now they've stayed in Melbourne and they're flying across here to Adelaide uh, on Friday. So they've got a bit more time together, a bit more, a bit more time to, to hopefully bond as a group and sort of, you know, try and get around each other after what sort of happened in the last sort of three or four games. And, um, you know, I'm confident if, if we, if we play a mixture of how we did against victory and how we did on Tuesday night, that we'll get a result against Adelaide. Yeah, I'm fairly confident we can get the result, but like you, I'm nervous about crappy refs, uh, mock dives. And, uh, yeah, just general mayhem. But could we really be stitched up by the system again and uh, or and or the referee again uh, on seemingly consecutive occasions? Surely not. Um, the same conspiracy Mate, that uh, we are, us We there. are the Mariners. Of course we can. <laughs> of course. <laughs> not, not far away from the 12-month anniversary of uh, the, the previous Adelaide Gate as well. Not good. Bad memories. Let's, let's not talk about that. <laughs> had, to, had to look it up to remember how bad it was, actually. Um, oh, and all that yeah. did was attract my attention to Adam Fielding's failure in the Sydney game. So <laughs> hmm. when you look up VAR controversy Mariners, it's, it's a fairly re- uh, a long list of responses there. I want to be confident, but I'm confident in our team and I'm confident that we can put in a performance and win a game. Just, I don't know, Just can we just get a ref that, like, doesn't mind us and wants to like be fair. That is that too much to ask. So that means M's, Evans. I mean, I guess all of them. I guess can we get Fagani? At least he is at least competent. Can we get? Fagani oh no! Last time, last time I said, can we have Fagani? He was honking against this. He like it felt like everything against this, <laughs> um, or everything went against this. I should say. So be careful what you wish for. I'd um. So I, he's come I, down to our level. <laughs> Um, I'll take Kurt Ames this weekend. Nah, just kidding. Um, <laughs> fellas, I am to the edge confident. of a cliff and push him off, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I am feeling confident. Oh, I'm backing us to get this one done 2-1. Luke? I'm feeling confident because, hey, I swear to God, if, and, if, and for you as well, how, I swear to God, if we've done these three away games and we, we, we come away with nothing, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but uh, I'll go us 2-1. Boss. I think we can shut them out. And I think we can improve and uh, we can actually get some of that finishing happening. I'm actually going to go for 2-0, even on the uh, outer. It's going to be a tough Love one, it. but uh, that's Love it, 2-0. It. Josh. Well, I think there's going to be two Ws in Adelaide. It's going to be a win for the Mariners boys and the Bullshed. So 2-1 Mariners. Let's go. Let's go. Let's try and break Eggy's record on that mechanical bull in the wall shed. Uh, Boise, I'm backing you to get it done this weekend. Ooh. Okay. I'll have to go and, go and I hit up the hotel gym and start warming up. <laughs> <laughs> I have Get eaten way tape. too much. I have eaten way too much. Melbourne food and Adelaide food put together has not been good for the waistline. Last mm. So mm. the bull's going to complain. <laughs> yeah. Ball, the ball might not work the way I'm going. Get off, mate. <laughs> of course, looking ahead, we finally return home uh, on the 5th of March at home to Brisbane Raw. Not another bogey game, of course. Before the 12th of March, that weekend, we're supposed to be playing away in Perth. Uh, don't see it happening, but stranger things have happened. It is the A-League, of course. And just announced by the club today, of course, the 19th of March, Mudgee. Once again, we are heading back out to Mudgee uh, to take on MacArthur on the Saturday night. Back to Mujay. Mujay, Mujay. Don't mind um, it. Yeah, I like Mudgee. I mean, I'd obviously rather play at home, but I'm, I don't mind Mudgee. So. Chances I'm are we might be getting a, another home game back later in the season to, to make up for it. So uh, stay tuned on that one there. Is that a home game for the sheep? Bulls, cows, rams, whatever they are? I don't know. <laughs> no, so the 19th of March was our home game that Saturday night. Uh, but like I said, chances are we'll be getting one back to make up for it. So we'll uh, watch, watch this space. 
Well, I'm still liking home games because um, shout out to um, Jerry up in Bay 40, who for the first time ever, it was a three-figure, three numbers, um, member draw um, instead of a six number or five number member draw. It didn't last long, but um, uh, yeah, that, that, that was a positive uh, from, that's the only positive I can think of actually from uh, Central Coast Stadium recently, other than seeing those worldies against us. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. I love you, no homo. It is, of course, that time of the week where we answer your questions. And thank you all so much to all your submissions across the various social media platforms, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, the ccmfans.net forum. If you're not already a member there, make sure you get on there, get yourself signed up and um, get yourself involved in some pretty engaging discussions. Um, we've got a lot of questions on the same sort of topic this week, so apologies if we don't answer yours directly. We'll try and shout out to as many of you as possible. We've had uh, a lot, a lot of uh, questions come through. We're going to start off with Ben Jones. Ben this week asks, how far can the VAR go fuck itself? After FFA refusing uh, Jason Cummings playing in the final, having stoppages on purpose against victory so they could show ads, and the utter and blatant cheating against City, would we be better off rebranding as Far Upper Coast slash Touring Guy Sydney? Uh, F-U-C-K-S for short. <laughs> uh, if we claim to be from a big city, we might get a few good decisions going our way. That's fair. Uh, yeah, there I can go all the way to the sun uh, and they can stay there. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Let's, let's get some uh, North Sydney... Uh, you know, you know, you know what we've never done. We've never tried to go to North Sydney. Let's try and do that, and let's see if it works. Just a thought. Mike Charles wants to know your location. <laughs> I've got nothing for that, but concise answers. <laughs> concise answers for the question: Yes, yep. a long way, and yes, yes, yes. Yep, yep. Put it into the bin. Set the bin on fire. Roll it out to the sea. Take it back from the sea, fuck it off. When it gets there, it can keep fucking off and then fire it into the sun, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Seton Wilson, VAR, why is it taking so long to review these decisions? I think that over the last two minutes, uh, two, two minutes, <laughs> over the last two games, we have lost 10 minutes in game time over reviews. Do you think we should scrap it all together? It's yes. absurd how long, yeah. It's, a, it's completely nuts how long it's taken. And then you also throw in the VAR one, the check from the victory game uh, on the Saturday night for their offside goal. was mm. blatantly offside to almost everyone there in the ground in real time. And it still took four or five minutes in the VAR. There may have been an ad break in there, which is why it took a little bit longer. Um, but that's also a whole other thing. But way too long. I would be more than happy for them to put some sort of a time limit on it. Uh, and yeah sorted out way too long especially being in the stadium for those two games where there were long VAR decisions you can just the whole stadium is about to explode with annoyance it's just completely ruins the the experience the answer is argumentative refs who don't want to give decisions because it's us I think that's it that's why it takes so long because there's an argument Conspiracy model. <laughs> That's what I said. Scotty McGee. Uh, shout out, Scotty. Hope you're well. Uh, of course, asking about the refereeing. Uh, he's pretty seriously unhappy about it from looks of it. Um, but he also asks, thoughts on Nizzy being back in the centre of the park with Boz? Personally, hook it to my veins. Hook it to my veins too as well, Scotty. Yeah, I didn't mind it, but uh, I still like him in that wide role, to be honest. I think he tightened up the midfield and I enjoyed that part of it. Also, um, the late part to that game, I thought, um, notwithstanding the fact that we didn't get anything out of it, that uh, we didn't necessarily have to have Ollie out there because there was a five, maybe slightly longer, well, at 15 minutes if you add in the VAR crap, um, where we had Maxi Ballard and Niz in there 
and I thought they did well together and that's an option that we probably need because without going there for too long, I didn't really blame Dan Hall for that um, ball um, that you called a hospital pass. I gave Ollie at least 50% of the blame because I felt looking at the replay a few times that he wanted the ball but didn't realise how close the guy behind him was. So maybe Dan shouldn't have given it. Um, but, but yeah, so I, th- I thought it was really good to have Niz back in there, to be honest. Enjoyed that much more. Ties sort of into uh, what Lee Stanley's touched on here. Where do we think Ruan fits? I was surprised to see him drop into the midfield for the final minutes against victory. I love Dan Hall, but there have been at times some loose passes at critical points like against City, just trying to understand where we think RT now sits. Do we look at giving Dan Hall a rest? Ruan sits on the bench. Agreed. I mean, I think... From memory, that's that's one of the first loose passes I can I can remember Hawley making. The game before that, he had a ninety-seven percent passing accuracy from something like ninety-six passes or something ridiculous. And I know he's playing as a centre back; he should be connecting with the vast majority of his passes, but that's pretty high. Yeah, I think I think mistakes from Hall that have led directly to a goal, whether it's a hundred percent his sort of fault or not. Probably count them on one hand, and they might even struggle to find him 100% at fault for any goal yet. Which, for someone that's <laughs> got not much experience and the way he came into the squad at the end of last season, I think that's pretty good. 100%. The bench, sorry, Ruin, but Dan's earned the spot and hasn't done anything to lose it. And, and he off. doesn't. Yeah, and he doesn't get in. He doesn't get in ahead of, as you say, Dan or Kai or or either of the. Central midfielders, whether that's um, whether that's Niz, whether that's Oz, whether that's Steely or Maxi Ballard, doesn't get in ahead of any of them for me. At the moment, I'm the president. I'm the president of the Kai Rolls fan club, but at the same time, he has earned the the right to call himself the best defender in the league, as far as I'm concerned. Big call, I know. But I think Kai's been very, very good. He's been very, very good the last, I think, maybe four or five games. Even before then, he was playing well, but. That soccer is call up, I think, maybe gave him a lot of confidence and he's brought that confidence back with him to the club. For sure. Absolutely. Absolute machine at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Tobias Howell, shout out Toby. Uh, Tiffo ideas for the next home game. Um, oh, you always reckon just something something nice and simple, like Sean Evans is a cheat or I don't know. <laughs> Probably How many quite clever words that can one. we fit on the deer? <laughs> Um, Avert your eyes, children. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got lots of ideas. None of them I can probably say out loud or display uh, on national TV. Mm. Uh, Tim Pryor, if you were born with just half a brain, what would you look forward to the most as being a ref in the (laughs) A-League? It's good for you, Tim. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Lumby. Uh, after last night's loss to Sean Evans's Melbourne City aside, does our position on the ladder reflect how we have been playing over the course of this season? The first season under Stadge, we were competitive without the results, and then, of course, we had last year's run to the finals. Do you think this could be a similar, similar sort of situation where we are competitive without the results and then we look to consolidate next season? Yeah, I think, I think it probably, you know, outside of the City game, when... Uh, we were obviously on the wrong side of the, de- the decisions. It's, it's, it's hard to argue that we haven't deserved, we haven't got what we deserve because we, 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 haven't, we haven't put in full game performances for me. Um, and I think that's, I think, what, th- three games in a row we conceded in the 90th minute. And that's, that's on us. You know, I, I don't think there's really not anyone else to blame. Um, so I think it's hard to say it's a fair reflection at the moment, given all the games are still all sort of uneven. Once everybody's on 12 games, if we're in eighth or ninth, then, then I think that's where we deserve to be, but then we've got plenty of catch up. I think we've shown that we're capable of, um, uh, being that team that, um, oof. Mediocre is that the team that finishes sixth or even fifth? But um, we're capable of being that team, and I think we've shown that. But but we do need to finish off games, and 
Um, some might like it, but I'm going to give Monty um, a little percentage of the blame on that because I think some of the decisions that were meant to shut games down opened them up and that's hurt us a bit um, along with the inexperience of players who we try to pull it off with. So I think we can and I think we will improve and uh, players seem to be getting more consistent to me. We've got some really good stories out there, Lewis Miller, um, uh, Jacob, um, even Maxi Ballard and Harry Steele. Um, we, we're really bringing these kids along. So I, I do think that we can come home with a wet sail, so to speak. I think we're, we're, we're absolutely more than competitive. It's not a case of we're not in the season at all. I think, like I said before, you look at the City game, I think we, you know, we were obviously in the game for the most part. Look at the victory game, we were in that. Look at the cup final, look at the Sydney game where we're in front, the MacArthur game where we're in front. We've been in all these games easily more than competitive just that extra sort of five or ten percent that we need to find to get the results. Stuart McAteer raises a point um, asking, does anyone else find it concerning that our top scorer is our main holding midfielder? Yes. Yes. We've got the quality there, but we haven't really integrated it in the way that we probably would want to just yet. So hopefully we can. I mean, to me, we've got quality uh, finishes at the front there if we can engage them properly. I mean, in the City game in particular, um, uh, the cum dog, he wasn't really in the game. He wasn't able to get himself in the game. We weren't able to find him well, even though we shut down their opportunities, then we didn't get to make any of our own. And we really didn't uh, show anything in the front until maybe Marco came on, to be honest. So I feel like we've got the quality there, but we haven't yet um, been able to select that gear. That sort of ties in with something that Jamie Downs has said on Facebook as well, asking our thoughts on the tactics in the final third. Um, it's kind of like we signed the cum dog off uh, football manager or championship manager without ever having him, uh, without ever having watched him play. Um, he needs early service um, and and needs defenders facing their own goal. We're we're way too slow in getting the ball to him, and he's only getting you know three or four touches a game as a result. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. Get the ball to feet, give him the service, let Marco and you know let our fullbacks run off him out wide. Uh, I, I think it's clear he wants the ball at his feet. And just from watching the City game, we there's a lot of there's a lot of times where you know, for whatever reason, we seem to be immune to any sort of a build up play. For we you know, we decide to go long and it just doesn't work. Uh, I, I there's we, we need to be a lot we need to be much more patient with the ball in the build up, I think. The only time we turned their defence around was when Jacob put that ball in for Ollie. That is the kind of thing that uh, that I think the cum dog can benefit from. Um, and I, I, I worry a little bit that we maybe have got the wrong one on the last man because we've got um, Aranya seemingly playing behind um, the cum dog and maybe that's right, maybe that's not right. But, um, but yeah, we've got, we got some work to do in that front third, 100%. Last few questions coming through here. Of course, James Callahan. Shout out to uh, Jimmy from JC Entertainment and Events. Uh, what should Sean Evans's next occupation be? Optometrist. <laughs> what? When he can't even read the lines himself. <laughs> I was going with cleaner because he needs to clean up his act. I will tell you that. Got him. <laughs> Got him. Uh, not yeah. Not not anywhere near a football pitch. Please. <laughs> Video analysis, because he seems to love staring at the fucking screen so much. (laughs) (laughs) One of those people who come out after the game and clean up all the streamers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Over to the ccmfans.net forum. Uh, Dobby asks, can we get a live stream of Sean Evans having his foot stomped on with studs and then tell him it didn't happen and give him a red card? Yes. I volunteer as tribute. (laughs) All for it. I'm 100% in. <laughs> uh, Eddie M on Twitter says, we can score, no doubt. Uh, Benny was superb. Do you think he's finally finding his feet in Australia now? Well, he, he does struggle to find his uh, feet. We know that much. Uh, but, um, yes, the injury, like, you know, I've I've always liked him. The first sort of couple of games of the season, I thought he was really good. Then he had that little injury. Then, obviously, we had the big COVID disruption. He, he struggled to... Uh, 
to make his way back into the side and have an impact. Uh, but yeah, I saw in that two game, thought, yeah, he 100 percent showed what he can do. Um, give me more of that, please. There's a little bit of a you know awkward look about the way he plays, and and uh, anyone would have that kind of awkward look if they were all legs like he seems to be. But um, but yeah, I think he's coming on and showing that uh, he's got something there, and uh, yeah, I think he can uh, you know gather consistency. So yeah, fair play to him. He's uh, going to come good. We're on him, Luke. Uh, Catherine Joss on Twitter as well. How do we stay in love with the local game when episodes like last night or Tuesday night happen? Um, and it, it's it's a, it's a fair comment. I've spoken to a number of people who are eight-league diehards and are Central Coast Mariners diehards, and they've said it is getting harder and harder and harder to watch every week. And there's some of them that are boycotting watching games for the rest of the week. You know, one in particular is not even going to bother watching the Mariners this weekend. He's going to go watch Mariners Academy instead. So fair play. Yeah, I mean, it's more than a fair point. I think you've only got to look at, you know, I know there's a lot of excuses you can throw out there, but you only have to look at the crowds across the league, uh, you know, the comments on the Facebook of all of the A-League accounts and the club accounts, go and take your pick from the coverage to the VAR to the referees to, you know, the majority of the football has been okay. Um, but all the COVID disruption, the, the rescheduling, midweek, midweek games, you name it, there, there's, the issues are as long as my arm. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't blame people at the moment with the way things start that if they've got something else on, they're not going to make it a priority. I think you're right. I don't think that it'll actually happen because, um, oh, shout out to Paolo, but um, with what we've been through in the past, then uh, those people are that rusted on that, that you could uh, try and get them off with an angle grinder and it'd be lucky to get them off. So... Um, yeah, I reckon if we can cop that stuff, um, then we can cop anything and we'll keep going. But but um, for the powers that be, those people are not completely indestructible. There comes a point in time. I don't think, I don't know that we've reached it. Thankfully, our team does still seem to be entertaining. Um, but um, we don't want to reach it either because once those people are gone, then as far as I'm concerned, they're not the kind of people who will stick it out and then come back later. They'll be gone. Uh, Henry Enners on Twitter, following Danny Townsend's very public Twitter comments following that display of refereeing, do you guys think that there is any realistic chance that that City game could be a catalyst for change and positive steps forward with the VAR and refereeing standards? I hope so. Uh, But the struggle is that the referees are run by the FA and the league is obviously looked after by the APL. So you've got two different governing bodies trying to come to a common resolution and this might be shocking to hear, but sometimes that doesn't happen, Uh, especially in Australian football. Uh, So I would love to say yes, uh, but I'm going to have a guess that off the top of my head, any sort of changes we would make to the AR would need the approval of the FA, who don't run the league. Yeah. So... That's a fun little conundrum. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, I, fingers crossed, I hope so, because I think, I think uh, Danny Townsend and, you know, him and Gregor Rourke realise the damage uh, that can be done and that probably has been done after Tuesday night. I'd say no too. I, I actually, for the same reasons as you're saying, Luke, then I'm hopeful because, um, uh, shout out to Danny. I hope he's listening. But um, for me, every time I have a conversation, which is occasionally with him on social media, then uh, he doesn't seem to view the fans as a stakeholder. He thinks this is all about what the clubs think, all about what the players think, all about what former players think and uh, football experts think, um, but never, ever thinks about what the fans think. So I'm hopeful that uh, the FA actually understands that the fans are a stakeholder in this. We're actually, you know, paying some of the bills, maybe not all of the bills. The owners do have a right to have a say as well. But um, as I think I've said before on this pod many years ago, per capita, I reckon I'm spending as much on the Mariners and certainly you blokes recently have been as Mike Charlesworth is. So um, because, you know, he's got more than me. So 
yeah, I'm not confident that anything's going to happen, but if it is, then it'll happen because the FA isn't uh, run uh, by the likes of Danny and um, maybe Greg, who only loosely seem to think that fans matter. Last couple of questions coming through here. Steve White, shout out to Whitey. Um, good to hear from you. Mighty uh, Whitey. Time. Yeah, Mighty Whitey, absolutely. <laughs> Doing good things up in Queensland, NPL these days. Um, about time they played Josh Nisbet as central midfielder. Absolutely, 100% agree uh, with that big tick from me. And finally, coming to our flavour of the month, I guess you could call it in some ways, it's, it's Dave Bloom, uh, who has ditched the Would You Rathers. They are so 2021, and we have moved on to Boink Mary Cut after the debacle on Tuesday night. Let's lighten the mood. Moving away from our current squad, and thinking of yesteryear, here are your three choices for Boink Mary Cut this week: Matt Ryan, Tommy Rogic, or Trent Sainsbury. I've got mine. Yeah, oh, yeah, my Boink's pretty easy. It's got to be Matty Ryan. Got to be Matty Ryan for the Boink. Uh, when I went to the World Cup in Brazil, uh, I had I had a Socceroos T-shirt on when we went to watch the Socceroos play. Uh, sorry, we went to watch them train. Um, that's right. I just actually spurted it out and said, oh, I'm a Mariners fan. And he, he was just instantly like, oh, that's sick. And he was really nice. That sort of stuff. So I've, I've always loved Matty for that moment. So he's, he's the, uh, he's, he's the very easy point for me. I've unfortunately got to probably cut Rogic. I absolutely love Tommy, but he has the personality of a doorknob. Um, so I don't know if I could do the married life. To Tommy, um, married life to Sainsbury every day of the week. <laughs> I'm switching that round because um, Matty Ryan is such a wholesome critter, and uh, he is uh, so um, consistent and um, caring and thoughtful, and um, he's just that bloke. I mean, he was signing an autographs for three hours after the game was over. I might have exaggerated a little bit there, but <laughs> um, but so yeah, definitely marrying Matty because I want that consistency in my life. Um, for the, I'll be banging Tommy Rogic, not publicly or anything, but um, because he, I, I only know him on the pitch. I'm not big on his personality, um, but he's an excitement machine on the pitch. So I'll have a, I'll have a piece of that. Thanks. So sorry, Trent, you're cut. <laughs> I'll, that's I'll have, fantastic. I'll have that's great reason. That. I'll have a piece of that, he just said. Holy shit. <laughs> luckily, luckily oh, Tommy's on the other side of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I'm very much um, of the same sort of thinking. Uh, marry Matty Ryan, 100%. Um, just so wholesome uh, and, as you say, so consistent. Boinking Tom Rogic uh, for the same reasons as you've just outlined there. Uh, don't care for his personality. We'll go home after 28 schooners at the pub one night and uh, he'll probably let himself out the next morning. And uh, sorry, Trimmers, I've, I've got to cut you because you blocked me on Twitter. So <laughs> that's that. Oh, controversial. <laughs> yeah, still still blocked. Yeah, so there you go. Just one of those things, I guess. So um, maybe, maybe it wouldn't have turned out this way if he hadn't hit the block button all those years ago. But um, here we are and uh, now it's, it's, it's my turn. <laughs> We need to petition that. Uh, if you want to start a change.org uh, petition to, to get me unblocked by Trent Sainsbury, please feel free. All for it. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. You boys come up with a good question. That brings us to the end of another week here on the Coast Football Ramble. It has been um, an interesting one logistically, of course, with uh, with a few of us interstate moving around all over the place. Uh, a couple of little technical hiccups at times, but hopefully for the most part, uh, this one will piece together very nicely. Lads, any uh, any final words ahead of this weekend? Shout out to Melbourne. was always good fun with all the boys. Um, yep. And looking forward to... Adelaide for a couple of days to relax in Adelaide now before the game. So I last time I went to Adelaide, maybe 2018, maybe. It's been a while. It's been a while. So. Was that when we were um, we went to the dog and duck and we were dancing on the on the top of the bar? That was the night you were dancing on top of the bar. Uh, well, there was multiple people on top of the bar that night. Uh, yep. And then we went and they were, to karaoke. They were, they were pouring shots into our mouths. 
the karaoke yes. was the night after because that was the night before the game. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yes, yeah, so the karaoke was the night after, and then I think we might have gone to the casino, or, or Mick Met might have gone to the casino without us. Actually, I think we stayed at karaoke. Um, yeah. but always, always such a good is, circuit. Yeah, all I know is the the flight home from Adelaide that morning on the Sunday was probably <laughs> one of the worst of my life. Final word from me um, is that uh, in tipping competitions, if you put your tips in, then you can lead the comp. Um, and I don't speak for my brother who happens to have assumed the lead, um, t- I think, today, uh, or the bloke in second, yours truly, because I am doing it by getting my tips in. So get your tips in, people, because you can easily get around us. I've not tipped since I ran one, completely forgotten. Thankfully, <laughs> I've got your non-tipping covered. It's still probably ahead of me anyway, Josh. It is what it is. Fellas, it has been an absolute pleasure catching up with you, as always, once again, on the Coast Football Ramble. Listeners, thank you all so much for tuning in. We love you so dearly, and we will catch you next time. If you are down in Adelaide, um, make sure you get down and see us. Drop us a comment, drop us a message, drop us a smoke signal, carry a pigeon, whatever it is. But until next time, we love to see you. Bye. All right, cool. We'll leave it at that.